Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining me on another solo episode of the Red Light Report. Of course, happy summer solstice, happy summer, and hopefully everyone's enjoying the sun the blue skies, the green grass, and and everything in between. (laughs) But before we jump in today's solo episode, which I'm super excited and privileged to be sharing this information with you, it's from a book, believe it or not. You know I like sharing books that I'm reading and the profound information that I'm learning, so I love sharing with you guys. And of course, it's relevant to, to red light therapy and my new favorite subject or topic, which is energy healing altogether. And of course, light is a big part of that energy. Healing is an important healing modality in the energetic spectrum. But I guess a little update on a personal note. If you guys have been listening the past handful of weeks, uh, I did an interview with Julie Nilsson, who is local to me here in Western Montana. And she's a, a specialist and expert in neurofeedback. And if you remember that episode, we spent the first part of that episode actually talking about body talk, which she doesn't specialize in, but she loves having her patients do simultaneously with neurofeedback because of the synergism it has with healing the brain and healing the body and your biofield energetically, of course. But regardless, my point being, within the last 10 days or so, I have actually begun doing or partaken in both body talk and neurofeedback sessions. And so I'm not going to give away too much of what I have found out, the results I've had, or, or really what I felt in my body and energetically and how that has played out in my real life, so to speak. Because what I want to do after the course of maybe a couple months of me undergoing these two treatments together, I want to bring on both Julie and Mary, who Mary does the body talk sessions with me, I want to bring them both on and walk them through my treatments and what they've noticed and how I've changed over that time and have them go back and forth with what they have found out because that's what they do. They communicate with each other with with patients. When you do a body talk session, Mary talks to Julie and vice versa. So there's a lot of great communication between those two. And as a patient, that's that's like the creme de la creme, having two people that are treating you communicating so well together, I should say. But regardless, that's something kind of to look forward to down the pipeline. So you guys will get a, a sneak peek or a peel behind the curtains of what those treatments look like. And you'll, you'll get a peek into my personal life, I guess, because it'll be from my treatment perspective with both body talk and neurofeedback. But it'll be very cool for you guys to hear from each of their unique perspectives, one from body talk, one from neurofeedback, and then of course me, the patient, how I have felt with within both of those types of treatments and the results that that all three of us have seen with me and my biology or my biofield, whatever you want to call it. So that's just something to look forward to in the next couple of months. And I think that'll be a really, really insightful and fun conversation for all of us to partake in. But regardless, let's jump into the solo so today because there's a lot to go over. And quite frankly, I'm not sure if this is going to be able to all be within one 
solo sewed or if I'm going to have to break this up into two parts. But regardless, we're going to get the ball rolling here. And this is from a book from Amazon. And of course, I just love finding these books on Amazon and kind of just going down all these different rabbit holes. And of course, the current rabbit hole I'm going down is this energetic healing, energetic field, and so on and so forth. And through doing that, you get a lot of great recommendations of similar or comparable books, thanks to Amazon. So that's how I'm finding these books. And I'm just running with it, so to speak, uh, surrendering to whatever new books are, are suggested to me. And I'm just reading them, I'm gobbling them up and, and the information and the connections and the dots you can connect, I should say, are, are really riveting and interesting. And especially, this wasn't intentional, but during this time that I'm doing body talk and I'm doing neurofeedback, I actually have a much better reverence or respect for these treatments and, and how they are interacting with me energetically Whereas if I was walking into these treatments just completely blind without much information, I wouldn't really know what the heck is going on and I would just be kind of going with the flow, which is fine, but having this background of information this just makes the treatment so much more interesting and the experience so much more rich, at least for myself. And so the newest book that I've picked up within the last, really the last couple of days that has been really profound and just resonates with everything I've been learning and reading and including BioLite and Red Light Therapy. So again, a lot of resonance. And I wanted to share at least a particular chapter from this book with you guys. And the title of the book is Healing is Voltage by Jerry Tennant. And the chapter I'm going to be going over is actually entitled Healing is Voltage. It's a massive chapter. It's chapter three, so it's not even the first or second chapter. And this is a 550-page book, and you have to get about 100 pages in until you even get to chapter three. But regardless, I'm going to share that chapter with you guys, and you'll see why. And hopefully, when you learn this information, just like other books I've read, or when I began this year, the first handful of solo sods in January, we talked about grounding, and I got a lot of great feedback from you guys, which I appreciate because a lot of you guys hadn't really heard of grounding, or at least didn't understand how it was beneficial to your health. And so I love kind of breaking off from red light therapy every once in a while to, to interject some other type of modality that you guys can utilize or harness to improve your health and wellness and quality of life. And so this book, Healing is Voltage, is almost like the fundamental premise for all types of energetic healing. And so that'll further your understanding and knowledge of why grounding is beneficial, why electrons are beneficial, why light therapy is beneficial. And not just that, but how it works within our body or within our energetic field. So again, when you're doing light therapy, when you're doing grounding, when you're by the ocean or in the ocean and you get these positive feelings and increase in energy, you'll have a better reverence and understanding of why that's happening to your biology. So it's all just very interesting and just continues to build upon our understanding of the impact of really nature and how our biology was built over evolution and time and really how this modern day living, we've been so removed from this quote-unquote natural way of living. So this really just brings us back to nature, but with an understanding of 
why and how it works within our biology. So after getting off that soapbox, I'm just going to start by reading the little chapter on who is Jerry Tennant, because I think it's good for you guys to understand who this quote-unquote random guy is, Jerry Tennant, who wrote this massive, massive, well, he calls it a handbook, but it's like a five-pound, 550-page handbook. Uh, But let's get some background on who Jerry Tennant is and why you guys should be interested in his handbook. So starting off here, who is Jerry Tennant? I graduated as valedictorian of high school at age 16. I completed my junior and senior years simultaneously by taking home study courses. I completed college except for three hours in two and a half years at Texas Tech University. I received the Phi Kappa Phi Award and the Pre-Med of the Year Award. I attended the University of Houston School of Optometry before medical school. I was accepted into Southwestern Medical School at age 19. I graduated in the top 10 at age 23. I completed a residency in ophthalmology at Harvard Medical School, Massachusetts Eye and Ear Infirmary, and the Southwestern Medical School Parkland Hospital System between 1965 and 1968. I am board certified in ophthalmology and ophthalmic plastic surgery. I was the director of of the Ophthalmic Plastic Surgery Clinic at Parkland Hospital. I was the founder and director of Dallas Eye Institute. I have a doctorate of natural medicine license from the Pastoral Medical Association. I am licensed in Arizona by the Board of Homeopathic and Alternative Medicine. I hold patents for medical devices including intraocular lenses, surgical instruments, etc. I was co-founder of the Outpatient Ophthalmic Surgical Society, and I taught most of the ophthalmologists how to do outpatient eye surgery in the 1980s. I was one of the first surgeons in the United States to place intraocular lenses in eyes after cataract surgery. I taught those techniques around the world. I am one of the few in the world to receive the Corboy Award for Advancements in Ophthalmology. I received the American Academy of Ophthalmology Award for my contributions to ophthalmology. I've written several books about cataract surgery and lifestyle management. Well, guys, BioLite has what's called bundles. So simply go to the BioLite website, BioLite.shop, go into products, and there will be a tab for bundles. With each of these bundles, there's three of them, you save 20% off on the entire package. For example, we have the Beauty Bundle, which includes a Shine and Stand, a Guardian Plus, and the Longev Revive Cream. So that bundle of three products, you save 20% off the entire package. There's the Recovery Bundle. That includes the Recharge Plus panel, the Guardian mouthpiece, and then the Longev recover cream and that recover cream is just like the revive cream except it has added cbd oil infused into it that package of three items all comes at 20 percent off and then the last bundle which is the most versatile bundle in the sense that you get to pick and choose what products you want you get to pick and choose from the recharge plus panel the restore plus panel or the matrix full body mat and then you get to choose between the guardian and guardian plus and then you get to choose between the revive and the recover cream it also includes the shine and stand so you get to choose between black and silver by purchasing those four products in the ultimate bundle you save 20% off all of the products you also save 20% off shipping so literally the entire package and shipping is 20% off so if you're ever needing some red light therapy products and are looking for a discount just remember the bundles are always 20% off 365 days a year no coupon code necessary 
the Order of St. Sylvester is intended to award Roman Catholic laymen who are actively involved in the life of the church, particularly as it is exemplified in the exercise of their professional duties and mastership of the different arts. It is also conferred on non-Catholics, but more rarely than the Order of St. Gregory. I am not a Catholic. However, I was awarded the Order of St. Sylvester by Pope Benedict XVI in July 2008 for my contributions to medicine. I received an honorary PhD in anthropology and education from the Orden de Santiago Apostol, an ancient religious order of Spain under the priory of Monsignor Basilius Adao Pereira, excuse me for my poor Spanish, more properly the military order of St. James of the Sword. I currently work at the Tenant Institute for Pastoral Medicine in Ecclesiastical Private Expressive Association, as defined by law, and provide service as a pastoral health practitioner and counselor. I practice ophthalmology from 1964 to 1995. I did much of the FDA study for the VISX eczema laser, or VISX eczema laser. I performed about 1,000 cases in the United States and about 2,000 cases abroad from 1991 to 1995. What we didn't know at the time was that the laser did not kill viruses. The laser would strike the cornea, release viruses, and they would float upward through my mask and into my nose and into my brain. I developed encephalitis, neuropathies, a low platelet count, and other nervous system defects in 1994. I could see a patient to diagnose what was wrong with them, but I couldn't remember how to write a prescription. I developed spastic movements that prevented me from safely performing eye surgery. I had to quit work on November 30th, 1995. For almost seven years, I slept about 16 hours per day. Remember that I had viruses in my brain and viruses in my spleen. Note in the picture that my dog Tigger would sleep on my head and my dog Pooh would curl up next to my spleen. They seemed to know where my voltage was low, and they were my constant electron donors. And, and in the book, there's a lot of pictures. Uh, it's a picture of him lying in bed on his side, and there's a dog with, the dog's head is on top of his head, and the other dog is down by his stomach or, or near his spleen. And as you'll learn in this chapter that we're going to read, there are certain parts of your nervous system or of your biofield that are very important at the crown of your head and near the front of your pubic bone. So we'll get to that, but just, just remember that his note here, the dogs knew inherently that his voltage was low and that they needed to be in those places at the top of his head and at the front of his pubic bone to increase his voltage, to increase his healing capacity. And with that being said, that's the end of the first chapter, Who is Jerry Tennant? And again, I, I wanted to read that to give a background on who this author is, to give him more credence or more clout for the information I'm about to read, and so that you don't think it's just this random guy from who knows where that's just writing some crazy information, that he has a very, very strong CV, if we want to call it that, or a strong resume, very smart guy. So just know that uh, what I'm about to read comes from a place of profound knowledge and expertise and experience. And before we jump into the main chapter, Healing is Voltage, I'm going to read to you 
the introduction. It's a short one, just a couple of pages, but it'll give you a nice overview of what this book is about and and the philosophies that will be uh, spoken about. Pretty much all of these will be covered in chapter three that will be covered in these solosodes. So the introduction. Although modern medicine provides ever-increasing efficiency in emergency medicine, once you get out of the waiting room and actually get care, the results of care for chronic disease in the U.S. is on par with third world countries according to the World Health Organization. This book suggests a different paradigm for the care of chronic disease based on the recognition that we must constantly make new cells to replace those that are worn out or damaged. Chronic disease occurs when we lose the ability to make new cells that work. To reverse chronic disease, we must look for reasons that we have lost the ability to make new cells that work. Making new cells requires negative 50 millivolts of energy, amino acids to make inside the cells, fats to make the outside of cells, vitamins and minerals to make the metabolic processes work, oxygen, a fuel system, such as fats and glucose, a sewage system to get rid of the waste and proteins, lymphatic system, and a system to protect us from infections and a way to get rid of toxic substances. Almost all chronic diseases are characterized by low voltage. Just as a new Mercedes without a battery isn't going in or anywhere, a body without a functional electrical system doesn't work either. Therefore, the title of this book is Healing is Voltage. The main things that control voltage are thyroid hormone, fulvic acid, dental infections, scars, and exercise. The body's primary source of amino acids is stomach acid, breaking proteins into amino acids. You cannot be well without stomach acid. The body's source of fats is bile from the liver-gallbladder system, allowing fat to be absorbed. Surprisingly, production of bile is based on stomach acid. Humic and fulvic acid are in control of vitamins and minerals as well as being a source of amino acids. Because our farming practices, there is little humic and fulvic left in our food supply. Oxygen is dependent upon iron and hemoglobin to carry it to the cells. Again, humic fulvic are in control of minerals including iron. Vitamin C is also necessary to absorb iron. Circulation is also necessary for blood to carry oxygen. Much of the circulation is controlled by nitric oxide. Much of the digestive process that provides fats and glucose is controlled by stomach acid since it is stomach acid that tells the pancreas to make enzymes necessary to digest our food. Since we are a portable system, we must have a battery system that provides voltage as we move about. Our muscles are voltage generators as well as rechargeable batteries. However, this system only works when we are moving and exercising. Without exercise, our battery system goes dead. In addition, it is exercise that activates our lymphatic system to remove waste proteins from dead cells from our body. Without exercise, our sewage backs up. This book begins the process of your understanding what things you must do to make new cells. Making new cells that work is the key to curing all chronic disease. You must stop thinking about having heart disease, indigestion, headaches, a gallbladder problem, etc. and trying to find a solution for that particular disease or symptom. You must ask the question, why can't I make new cells that work? When you find the answer, you know what to do to get well. 
it all starts when you start thinking like an electrician instead of a physician. Check the voltages in the wiring system of the body, i.e. the acupuncture system, and you'll be on your way to finding the problem and its solution. So guys, that was the introduction, and that kind of gives a nice little global overview of what to expect in this book, if you're interested in the book, but even more so, the chapter we're going to cover, chapter 3. So sit back, enjoy, and as always, learn lots. Let's jump into this chapter, which of course is entitled, Healing is Voltage. Jerry Tennant goes on to say, You will recall that I began my journey toward getting well by recognizing the cells are designed to run between a pH of 7.35 and 7.45. I also began my journey with the idea that if I could figure out how to make a cell work, I could make them all work. The following chart shows the requirements for a cell to work properly. And so, for example, glucose, you have a certain range, 80 to 110 milligrams per deciliter. And when that's abnormally high, you have diabetes. When it's abnormally low, you have hypoglycemia. And then for body temperature, you have 98.6 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. When that's abnormally high, you have fever. When it's abnormally low, you have hypothyroidism. For blood pressure, you want it about 120 or 140 over around 80 to 90. If it's abnormally high, hypertension. Abnormally low, hypotension. Just a couple more here, bear with me. pH, like he alluded to, the range for the cell is 7.35 to 7.45. If it's abnormally high, meaning high alkaline, you have throbbing pain, and you'll learn why here shortly. If it's abnormally low, meaning you're more acidic, then that's chronic pain. For oxygen, the last one here, the range for the cell is you want oxygen saturation of 95% or higher. If it's abnormally high, well, that doesn't occur. If it's abnormally low, you have anaerobic metabolism, which leads to lactic acid, which leads to lowered pH. And of course, lowered pH equals acidic, which equals pain or chronic pain. So moving along here in the book, we doctors are trained to pay particular attention to things that are abnormally high. For example, we watch carefully for a high blood sugar, diabetes. However, we rarely think about hypoglycemia unless a patient is dizzy or faint. We watch carefully for high temperature indicating fever, but we are not trained that a low temperature indicates hypothyroidism. We watch carefully for high blood pressure and are insensitive to the fact that low pressures due to over-exuberant prescription of medication is causing our patients to be dizzy. We rarely look at pH levels or oxygen levels unless the patient is in intensive care. I want to focus on the importance of pH. When I was trying to figure out how to get well, I couldn't remember a lot about pH. I remember that it was something about acid-base balance, but I knew little more than that. So, I began to read about pH. What I discovered is that pH, which is shorthand for potential hydrogen, is really a measurement of voltage. When electrons are running through a conductor such as a copper wire, they are there or not. If the switch is on, you have an electron donor. If the switch is off, there are no electrons. However, a solution provides a different situation. The solution may be an electron donor or an electron stealer. 
One measures the voltage of the solution with a sophisticated voltmeter. By convention, if the solution is an electron donor, one puts a minus sign in front of the voltage. If, however, the solution is an electron stealer, one puts a plus sign in front of the voltage. So, for example, if your pH voltmeter reads plus 150 millivolts, it means that the solution is an electron stealer with 150 millivolts of stealing power. If your pH voltmeter reads negative 200 millivolts, it means that the solution is an electron donor with 200 millivolts of donating power. So when you get to zero, which is 7.00, that's when you change polarity from your cells being electron having an affinity for electrons, meaning they're, they're accruing electrons, to now they're, your cells are giving away electrons. So you're giving away voltage, so to speak. So you're going from a high voltage, and now you're switching to a low voltage. And then when we go all the way to, I guess, the complete opposite of the spectrum, if we want to say it, to plus 30 millivolts, your cell pH is 6.48, and that's when cancer occurs. So all the way from negative 50 millivolts when you're making new cells to zero when you're changing polarity to plus 30 when cancer occurs. So when Jerry Tenen is saying that basically healing is voltage or health is voltage, he literally means that. You want to be in that zone of negative 20 to negative 25. That's where our cells are vital. When you injure yourself, we'll learn about this here in a second here, when you injure yourself, that's when you jump up to that negative 50, and that's when the healing occurs. That's when you're producing and developing new cells. And then when the healing is done, you drop back down to that range of negative 20 to negative 25. But if you're living this disconnected life of never being in contact with Earth, never eating real food, never drinking or consuming electron-rich water or structured water or... Uh, being in contact with a tree or a pet or a human, then you're not accruing enough electrons, your voltage is dropping, and thus your health is dropping. But let's get back to the book here. Now let's consider my thumb. My thumb is running at a voltage of negative 25 millivolts. It is pink, feels fine, and works well. Now I hit it with a hammer. The thumb is red, swollen, hot, and has a pulsing pain it has automatically gone to negative 50 millivolts. This is necessary to make new cells needed to replace the ones I damaged with a hammer. At negative 50 millivolts, blood vessels dilate and dump raw materials such as proteins, carbohydrates, fats, vitamins, minerals, etc. into the neighborhood. I need these raw materials to build new cells. I also need negative 50 millivolts to have the energy to turn those raw materials into new cells. As soon as I finish making enough cells to replace those that I damaged with a hammer, my thumb goes back to negative 25 millivolts. It is normal, and I am happy. Now let's assume that I ran out of voltage before I was able to make enough new cells to replace those I injured with a hammer. My voltage dropped to negative 10 millivolts. Now I am stuck in chronic disease. I cannot heal unless I can make new cells. I cannot make new cells unless I have negative 50 millivolts and all the raw materials I need to make those new cells. In chronic disease, my thumb hurts all the time. It is white, and it doesn't work very well. Thus, we see that chronic disease is always defined by having low voltage. One cannot cure chronic disease without inserting enough electrons to achieve negative 50 millivolts. 
one must also have the raw materials necessary to make new cells and to eliminate the toxins or infections present that will damage the new cells. You can take all of the medications you like and do as much surgery as you would like, but you will not heal unless you have negative 50 millivolts, raw materials, and a lack of toxins. So without the ability to achieve negative 50 millivolts and the necessary raw materials to make new cells, you cannot maintain your health and you will suffer aging and chronic disease. You also are unable to repair injuries, so they can also lead to chronic disease. You don't need drugs to heal. You need to make new cells that work to heal. To make good cells, you need voltage and a good diet. You also need to remove toxins from your body that damage cells and make you obese. Once you begin to understand that chronic disease and healing are controlled by voltage, you must ask the following questions. 1. How do cells normally get voltage? 2. How do cells store voltage? 3. Why did my voltage drop enough to allow me to get sick? 4. How do I measure the voltage of organs? And 5. What do I do when I find the voltage is low? So, several bad things happen when voltage drops. The obvious one is that organs simply don't have enough horsepower to do their job. Another is that they don't have the energy to get rid of toxic waste, which begins to accumulate. Remember that at negative 50 millivolts, there is a pulsing pain. When you have a low voltage, it simply hurts all the time. Thus, pain is simply a symptom of abnormal voltage. You correct it by correcting the voltage. If you put a tube into a glass of water and begin bubbling oxygen into the water, the amount of oxygen that will dissolve in the water is dictated by the voltage of the water. As voltage is raised, more oxygen will dissolve in the water. However, as voltage drops, oxygen comes out of solution and leaves the water. Our cells are 70% water. Thus, as voltage begins to drop in us, oxygen leaves the cells. This has serious consequences. Our cells contain a process for turning fatty acids into glucose. They are processed through a series of chemical reactions called the Krebs cycle. The end result is a rechargeable battery called ATP. As ATP provides electrons to keep the cell functioning, it becomes a discharged, recharged battery called ADP. And just a sidestep away for a second. ATP is adenosine triphosphate. And so when your body utilizes the electron from ATP, it goes to adenosine diphosphate, which is two. So you go from three to two. And that's what he means by becoming a discharged rechargeable battery. The continuous cycle from ATP to ADP to ATP to ADP. So it's this continual transition or transfer, I should say, of an electron that your body or your cell utilizes for energy. But back to the book here. When oxygen is available, for every unit of fatty acids run through the Krebs cycle, we create 38 molecules of ATP. However, if oxygen is unavailable, only two molecules of ATP are created for every unit of fatty acids. Thus, as voltage drops and oxygen levels drop, our metabolism goes from 38 miles per gallon to 2 miles per gallon. Thus, it is very difficult for cells to have enough energy to function with inefficient metabolism. So just another clarification there for those that kind of got lost in the words. When our body has enough oxygen, 
which is a sign of health, then our body can produce 38 molecules of ATP. Again, that token of energy, and energy is everything to our body and cells. But when the body has to utilize anaerobic means of producing ATP, you only get two molecules of ATP. So it's this vicious cycle of if your voltage is low, then your body's not utilizing enough oxygen. When your body's not utilizing enough oxygen, you're producing only two molecules of ATP. And when you're only producing two molecules of ATP, that's not a lot of energy for your cells. So that's going to necessitate or lead to a low voltage. Low voltage means low oxygen, so on and so forth. So it's this vicious cycle that we have to break, which is relatively simple because all you have to do is find some means of accruing more electrons. And again, that can be light, that can be diet, that can be grounding, that can be drinking electron-rich water, splashing in the ocean or some sort of moving water like, like a river. And that way your, your voltage raises, your body can more efficiently utilize oxygen and thus you're producing more ATP. And now you're in a positive vicious cycle instead of a negative one. So it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting and pretty profound to think about. It can seem a little complex, but at the same time, it's kind of simple. Either you're in this negative vicious cycle of low oxygen, low electrons, low ATP, or you're in the opposite, the, the positive cycle of having enough oxygen, having enough ATP, having a high voltage. So this is what I mean by some pretty interesting and profound information that the Jerry Tennant is bringing to our attention here. Back to the book. Another problem of decreased oxygen is infections. Our bodies contain perhaps 1 trillion microorganisms. However, most of these are inactive as long as oxygen is present. However, when oxygen levels drop, these bugs wake up. The first thing they want to do is have lunch. And they want to have you for lunch. Since these bugs don't have teeth, they must put out digestive enzymes to dissolve you so that they can acquire the nutrients from the cells. One of the problems has to do with these digestive enzymes. Let's assume that you have a streptococcus bacteria having lunch on your tonsil. You, of course, recognize this as a sore, painful throat. We all know, however, that the digestive enzymes produced by the streptococcus bacteria can enter our bloodstream and cause damage to our heart valves. They can also damage our joints. The same process can happen anywhere in the body. Let's assume you have low voltage in your gallbladder. This means that your gallbladder will hurt, have decreased oxygen and inefficient metabolism, and have bugs having lunch on the gallbladder. The toxins produced by these bugs can enter the bloodstream and cause brain damage. You may have infections in your large intestines, in your sinuses, or other places leading to damage such as an autoimmune problem. However, it is simply bugs having lunch because your voltage and thus your oxygen levels are low. I have seen a number of patients with a diagnosis of lupus. A blood test called an ANA test is used to make the diagnosis of lupus. If you correct the voltages in such patients, their symptoms go away and their ANA test goes back to normal. As voltage continues to drop, it will go from an electron donor to electron stealer status. This is known as a change in polarity. When a voltage drops to plus 30 millivolts, you have cancer. It is generally taught in Western medicine that the blood is sterile. This is because placing blood into a petri dish does not normally show growth. 
Generally speaking, only bacteria that have cell membranes reproduce in petri dishes. However, if you look at blood under a high-powered microscope without the blood stains or other chemicals, you will easily identify many microorganisms. These microorganisms do not have cell membranes. As voltage and oxygen levels drop and as toxins build up in the system, you will see these organisms change from spherical to rod-shaped to yeast-like and finally fungus with hyphae. The association of finding fungal-like forms in the blood with the development of tumors was reported as long ago as 1840 and has continued to be reported ever since. Although the existence of these forms has generally been denied by most microbiologists and oncologists, the development of the German microscope known as the ergonom makes these denials no longer credible. This microscope is capable of 15,000 to 40,000 power and allows one to see even viruses in their live state. So guys, I think that's where we're going to end it for today. We'll finish the rest of this chapter. There's a lot to cover still in the next solo sode. But I hope this information is has kind of got you, has piqued your interest or has maybe even begun to shift the paradigm of how you've thought about healing or health in general. And that'll come even or be more magnified with, with the subsequent solo sode that covers this chapter. So again, I hope this what we covered today, you know, was worth your while and and, and uh, can certainly make a difference with how you move forward with your health. I mean, I'm already thinking of different ways of even how I view exercise or how I view diet or how I view my work-life balance and how that affects my body, my biofield, and what am I doing to increase my voltage? What am I doing to accrue electrons? I've already been a fan of electrons for a long time, but now correlating that to voltage and what does that voltage mean to my health and how does that voltage affect my organs and my system and my overall well-being? So, so again, I hope you found this interesting. But as always, guys, if you found this information interesting or if you have found this podcast to be of value to yourself, I ask you to take a quick 15 to 30 seconds to just leave a quick five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or or Spotify or both if you use both. Uh, You don't have to leave a written testimonial if you don't feel compelled to. Uh, You can only do that on Apple Podcasts anyway. But even if you just leave a quick five-star review, click it, and that's all. I would sincerely appreciate it because the more of those types of reviews we can get, the more that this podcast can get out there. And again, as you guys have heard me said time and time again, this podcast isn't about me. It's about the information. And and I'm basically standing on the shoulders of giants who have provided this information. And I just am the person that gets to be the conduit to get the information to the masses. And so again, by leaving a quick five-star review, more people can find this podcast to get the information out there to make a positive impact on their health and their quality of life. So if you guys would just do that quickly, again, I genuinely appreciate it. But as always, the main take-home here is Enjoy your life, increase your voltage, get your light, whether it's full spectrum light, red light therapy, and as always, light up your health and up your voltage game. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next week on the next episode of the Red Light Report. You guys have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.